The Happy Even After Podcast. The Happy Even After Podcast. Divorce sucks, but it doesn't need to define you, and it doesn't need to be the end of your story. The Happy Even After Podcast. Meet your host, Renee Bauer, an award-winning divorce attorney, peacemaker, author, and founder of The D Course, an online divorce educational program. She's been doing this work for almost two decades, and she is passionate about helping all women make it out the other side. The Happy Even After Podcast. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Happy Even After Podcast. Most of you know that I have a private Facebook community of women who are going through divorce, who are out the other side, who are in the thick of it and everything in between. And my next guest today is from that community. So let me introduce you to Elisha Strazeri. And she is a mom to three young boys, including a set of twins. She's been divorced for about a year. And we're going to talk about the perspective of what life looks like one year out of the divorce. And I thought it was so important just to bring someone on in our community who's in it, who has kind of lived in it, who has been involved in all of the chatter that happens in there, and just have kind of like a real unfiltered conversation about divorce, the struggles, the joy of it you know, single parenting and all of the things. So welcome, girl. Thank you so much. Um, I feel so honored to be on the show and to have this conversation with you. I've loved being a part of your community and just seeing what a healing and compassionate space that you hold for everybody who's going through, honestly, one of the most difficult things you can go through. So um, I appreciate you having me. No problem. And Alicia, you've always been one who has had this a positive energy. You've always, you know, it's so important to me that we don't go down like the blame game and the victimhood and things like that. And in this community, and sometimes, you know, sometimes it's easy to do that. And you've never done that. You've always been like, hey, you know, like, let's focus on the good and all of this. And I really just liked your energy. It's just why I wanted to have you on here. Because I think you represent of like, hey, yeah, divorces and all peaches and cream and their struggles. Um, but there's some good that can come of that. So let's just start with your divorce story. Uh, can you give us a little insight into that? Yeah, sure. So, wow. It's so hard, right? <laughs> this I is know. like the hardest question that you get. It's like, why did you guys split up? It's like, well, I don't know, death by a thousand cuts, right? Yeah. Like a relationship is so complex. And just as a relationship is complex, I think that divorce is really complex. And I think all the reasons individually and as a couple why you end up divorced are extremely complex they're extremely gray for us I don't know I feel like I don't really I don't want to start out making excuses so first of all so I'd like to share my story but I want it to come across in the right way I'm not looking for pity and I'm not making excuses for my actions I own all my own things but whenever we had our twins as anybody who is a twin mom knows it's an extremely challenging thing to do And my pregnancy was really challenging, full of anxiety. And then I had them and my ex-husband traveled four days a week. And I had a two-year-old and twin infants I was taking care of by myself. And I wasn't okay. I wasn't okay. And um, I tried to tell people I wasn't okay. But I looked okay. I always look okay. And he thought I was okay, even though I kept saying I wasn't. And we just kind of finally got to a place that first year of their life where it became very clear that I didn't feel like I was valued in the relationship or in my house, even though the sacrifices I was making were brutal. And I chose to make a decision that would change everybody's lives. And I 
decided to seek validation elsewhere for my value. And instead of finding that value within myself, I searched for it outside and I had an affair and I actually told my husband after two months of that affair, I told him that I was going to leave him for that other person. So we can talk about that too. <laughs> and don't do that. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> I didn't, but don't do it. But I had an affair. I let him know that I was going to be leaving him. And then that person bounced and as often happens and because it became real. And so then my husband and I, we tried to work things out. We went to lots of counseling. I did individual counseling as well as we did couple counseling. And we worked on that for a couple of years. And then there were some just, he couldn't forgive me and I don't blame him. You know, like sometimes you cannot forgive that. And, and there's nothing wrong with that for him in, in my mind. And so we, some incidents took place that made it clear that it was completely broken. And so we decided to uh, end it. I, I wish we were in the same room because I'd hug you right now. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I have tissues right here. I'm like, I'm going to be crying. Like, there's no way I'm going to get through this without crying. But you know what? You you know what you said that before you even talked about anything, you said death by a thousand cuts because the thing that you just shared is the least important part of what happened in your marriage. Like, it is not, you know, and I think that it's so easy for people to be say, and we have clients that, that will come in and say this too and be like, there was an affair you're not sitting here in a lawyer's office because of the affair. That's the thing that happened because someone felt like, you know, they didn't know how they weren't being heard or it wasn't being handled or they were conflict avoidant. Or, I mean, there were so many different reasons to unpack because you also said marriage is complicated. Divorce is complicated. So like, that's so not important because I bet leading up to that point, there were many, many times and moments where you were like, oh my God, I'm losing myself or like what's going on. Do you agree? I totally agree. And I think, you know, you know, affairs are such a complex thing and they're, they get people really riled up and I understand why it's because they're extremely painful to everyone and destructive. And so I do understand why people get so riled up when talking about them. But what I've discovered, like in, you know, it's been four years since that happened and in all the healing that I've done to, in, to, and in all the people I've talked to, I've had so many conversations about this, like the fact that I'm able to be vulnerable and share, like literally the worst thing I've ever done. And, but what it does is it allows other people to share their own yeah. stories. And um, what I've found is that the affair is really, it's just an outside sign yeah. <laughs> like, of what was already broken. Like it, it's not what broke things that that's like a very common misconception. It's funny, the responses that you get, you're going to have people who have been the ones who have been cheated on and their view of that affair is going to be so different. And, you know, I, it, it makes me crazy when someone judges. You know, and when we hear, and sometimes like our community in, in the happy even after community is awesome. And we don't have any of that, but in the so real social media world, there's a whole lot of that that happens. And, you know, I've had some posts and I've posted some things about that in the backlash, the comments and the DMS and stuff, people are so emotionally charged with that. And it's like, you know, once you get to that point, it's maybe the marriage is already broken. Maybe some people move on and they can fix it, but some people can't. 
And that's like the catalyst that kind of shook both of you awake to say, you know what, this marriage isn't working. Like something has to change and you can change for the better together. Or that's, you know, that gives you that that's the end and you both can move on. But sometimes it create it like requires some sort of traumatic thing to happen in order to shake the two of you alive or people just stay stagnant for a really, really long time. Yeah, I, you know, I, I definitely agree. I appreciate so much your community because it is non-judgmental, and a lot of women, mainly women in the group, yeah. share their stories. And it's not just about you know infidelity; it's a, a, all sorts of things, you know. And it's a safe space where I feel like there's a lot of compassion in the group. But in real life, that's not the case. And yeah. I think one of the, you know, I have compassion for the person who has been cheated on. I have to live with every day. I have to live with the pain that I have inflicted. I have to live with that. But I also had a lot of pain and was very broken and not okay. And it's taken a lot of healing to, and it's, it's really hard to heal because you can't talk about it. You're not allowed to talk about it. It's a shameful subject, you know, and society shames you for opening up and saying, Hey, I made the wrong choice over here. And now I'm dealing with the ramifications and I understand like the concept of like, well, those are the consequences. <laughs> like, I get it. But also when somebody is really trying to heal and trying to make themselves a better person, understand why they made the choices that they made so they don't do that ever again, become a better person. And they're not allowed to because society doesn't allow you to talk about it. Yeah. Instead, everybody wants to come at you. And it makes like right now, like this is a very vulnerable thing to do. Yeah. Like literally this is out in the world. My kids could hear this someday. But it's the truth. And there's so many people out there who are suffering in silence and thinking that forever, this one choice that they made now makes them a bad person, mm. makes them, you know, what's, what's a bad word that I can say? <laughs> <laughs> you can say any bad words. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it like yes. makes you think though, that forever, yeah. like you are this like shameful being yeah. because of this choice that you made. And like, I just disagree. That mm -hmm. choice doesn't make you who you are. And I disagree too. And that's why I wanted you to come on here. And I know how hard it is. And I know like you were terrified to do so. And it's really hard to put yourself out there and talk about that. But I have never seen, well, once. I have once had a client where there was, you know, the cheating was, it wasn't because of the problem in the marriage. The cheating was because of the problem with that person. There was addiction and things like that. But Every other of all of the time that I've been practicing divorce law, when someone comes in and there's something happening or there's some sort of infidelity in the relationship, it is because there is something broken before. And, you know, and so you have to forgive yourself for that, you know, and there's blame, plenty of blame to go around as to what happened in your marriage to get you to that point. Because if it was a healthy, well-functioning marriage, people, you know, don't do that. No. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't just like walk outside one day and be like, you know, I think I'm just going to blow my life up. Let's do yeah, that. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, there's so much, it's so complicated. There's so much turmoil that happens internally when someone's going through that. When the it's like a, when the family's going through that, when the couple is going through that. So let me ask you this then. Do you have any regrets? Mm, yes. So, I mean, obviously I regret doing that. But aside of that, owning the choices I made, the regrets that I have afterward are when I told my husband I was leaving him, he actually moved out of the house for three months. I was like so lost. And mm. 
also still taking care of two one-year-olds and mm-hmm. a three, wait, a four-year-old. So a lot going on. <laughs> and yeah. what I regret though, is that he was at the house all the time and he didn't get a place where I'm not putting this on him, but he, he didn't end up having a place where he could take the kids. So I had to leave the house for him to come be with the kids. So then I wasn't alone. I was staying at friends' houses. Yeah. I was, you know, like at my families. Like I wasn't really actually doing the work that I needed to do yeah. to figure out what I wanted because that was what I needed. I needed to find my truth and I couldn't find her. She was lost. And yeah. I regret not taking more, not standing up for myself more and saying, no, I know I need this space. I really need this space. And, right. you know, sometimes I wonder if I would have had that space, if we would have been able to work it out because he needed that space too. And he was so afraid of losing the family unit, you know, our house, the appearance of a perfect family. Mm -hmm. Like he was so afraid of losing those things that he couldn't give me space. Yeah. And so I I regret not being more adamant and sticking up for myself and saying, this is what I need and drawing a boundary. (laughs) Learned lots about boundaries in the past three, four years. Well, that's hard because usually... I mean, I was the same way. I didn't have any boundaries until I was like forced to start having boundaries. It was either something was going to give and it was either I was going to start enforcing boundaries or everything was going to come like crashing down. And, you know, like you have to learn how to enforce boundaries. So, all right. So how long then you said you've been divorced a year, but separated that all started three years ago. So four years ago is when all this, you know, like the Basically, the outside cuts started yeah. showing, right? Yeah. Is, is about four years ago. And actually, about four years ago right now. And mm-hmm. my twin's birthday was yesterday. And uh, their birthday always brings up a lot of this yes. stuff. And uh, anyway, I, I'm grateful, actually, that we're recording today. I, I got to process all that yesterday. But yeah, four years ago, that happened. And then we did, we were separated for three months. Like, And then he moved back into the house. We were doing couples counseling. I was doing individual counseling. He never went to individual counseling. Mm-hmm. And really, he had some, as everyone does, everybody has their own stuff that they bring into the marriage yeah. from the beginning. So way before all this, he had some childhood things and healing that he needed to do and he didn't want to. So we got, I don't know, I guess two years past all this craziness and um, things got violent and I left. And so we've been separated now for two years almost. And then because of COVID, our divorce was pushed back. Like, I mean, we couldn't even file for like months and months and months because the court was literally closed. Right, right. So everything kind of got pushed back. But really, we've been apart for two years and it's been like done, done for that long. Just legally, though, we have only been divorced for a year. So you brought up something really important that I want to go back to. And I've talked about this before is there's moments in time that a certain date comes up, a certain season, a certain song, and it will bring you back to all of the emotions that you're feeling at that time. And that happened to me not too long ago. I was driving in the car and a song came on that was really popular back when I was just at the very early stages of one of my divorces. And the song brought up so much emotion. It was like my immediate thought was like, all right, I want to change this channel quick in order to like get out of that. And and then I kind of sat in it. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just process it. I'm going to just acknowledge where I was at that time and how far I've come and, and, and sort of grieve just for that minute 
until the song was over and then I was going to move on. But it happens all of the time, like anniversaries. Well, less anniversaries, but springtime for me is a big one because that was the time both of my divorces were filed. So like it was getting warm and everyone's happy. And I'm like, why do I feel so icky? And I think, you know, and I think that that's the point is even though you're out of your divorce, even though it's the best thing that might have happened to you, like you're still going to have moments that come up and just give yourself grace and allow yourself to recognize that, you know what, it's just, it's part of the process. It's something that is just part of your story and something that you it will never go away. And I think when we try to put a bandaid on it, which is where I'm going with this now, is that's when it kind of comes back at us. So, and I, let's talk about that relationship that didn't work out because usually that's the bandaid we put over to kind of quick fix our feelings and to help us process grief from pain and it's like jumping into something else. So can you talk a little bit about that? Do you believe that on the other side of your divorce can be a life you freaking love? What if I told you that to live a happy life, you first have to believe you deserve it? How can you possibly create a life you love if you don't believe you are worthy of it? Let's get you set up to start believing in you. Just text the word believe to 411-321 to receive a free Believe Yourself Badass Guide. In this guide, we talk about power statements and how they can change your life. So stop what you're doing and text BELIEVE to 411-321. See you on the inside. Yeah, sure. First, though, I want to address what you just were talking about, about the grief. And I was recently talking to a friend who her friend recently lost her son. And it's one of her close friends. And anyway, it doesn't matter. But I was like, you need to reach out to her. Like it's been, you know, a couple months and you should reach out to her. And I'm not trying to compare, but the feelings are sometimes similar that when you split up with someone, a lot of people come, you know, a lot of people rally, a lot of people like pick sides, whatever. But like ours wasn't dramatic like that. But you know, your friends rally just like a funeral and they, they're there for you and like, oh, and they, but once it's final, right. I think it stops. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't stop. So if you have friends who are divorced, I don't even care how long it's been for real. Check on them every now and then. Cause you're not okay all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, like I cry every week about something and it's not even, um, it's not a like wishing I had that back. I'm at peace where everything has landed. I really am. And I feel like it's really the best for our whole family. But even though you believe that, you have moments that literally are soul crushing. And things that you remember times of year or songs or Mm -hmm. memories or foods sometimes. A whole bunch of things. So it's just grief. It's very similar to if you lose someone, it's grief. So check on people who are divorced. We're not okay. Especially New Year's. Like New Year's is a big one because at Christmas and stuff, people tend to get together with relatives and, but New Year's is a big one because you're usually not seeing family. It's usually like, that's a friend holiday. Like I remember spending a New Year's alone and being, I'm not going to watch the ball drop because I can't handle it. So like New Year's, all right, anyone listening out there, make sure you're inviting divorced friends out to like join them. Like we don't care if you're the fifth wheel or something. No. Oh, that's the other thing. Like, (laughs) sorry, we're getting off on a tangent. That's okay. I really want to go back where you're going. (laughs) But so another thing that I've experienced, which is kind of crazy, is so I have little kids, right? And like we used to hang out with all these couple friends who have kids. Well, now like my kids are with their dad on the weekend and they don't invite me to do anything. 
And it's because I don't have my kids. Like they think I don't want to be around their kids. I'm like, Mm. I still love kids. I miss my kids. Yeah. Plus, I'm not responsible for those ones. Yes, please (laughs) invite me over. (laughs) I still want to go out to eat. I still want to like come have a barbecue. Like I still want to do all those things. And I still want to be around couples too. That's the other thing. I don't want to just have girl time all the time. It's Mm -hmm. sometimes it's fun to have the dynamic of the couple to hang out with. Yeah. I still want that even though I'm by myself. (laughs) So anyway, all right, going Back to your question. This is kind of a hard one for me because I think, so just to reiterate the question, you're asking about the band-aid of a relationship that I decided to put myself into, like a psycho. Um, (laughs) So, oh, (laughs) it was crazy. But I don't know. I have a really strong intuition. And this guy had been flirting with me. I knew he was flirting with me. I also had just had twins that year and could Mm. really use some flirting with because the stuff that happens to your body is brutal. And so I enjoyed the flirting, but I really like whenever he would actually talk, I would think to myself, "Ugh, I hate this guy. Like he is so just yuck. Mm. And then I ended up in a relationship with this person because I became so desperate for validation. It's really kind of pathetic, honestly. It's not. <laughs> it's real, but it's looking back from my healed place now yeah. where I don't look for that anymore. And that's not who I am anymore. I feel sorry for her mm. that I was in that place. But it was a very whirlwind thing. Two months, mm-hmm. you know, around I had three tiny kids. So yeah. It's not like we were like hanging out every day and somehow got myself into this crazy headspace that I was completely in love with him. And he did a lot of things that were, you know, oh, I just went and looked at a house that could fit all of us, you know, and like Mm. tried to really paint this picture. You know what it was is that I wanted someone to rescue me. Yeah. I was too scared to rescue myself and I wanted somebody to just come in and say, get in the car and let's go. And you'll be safe and you're going to be fine. Everything's Mm going to be fine. And anyway. I just know, but that was so, so important what you just said. And I just want to go back there for a second that you were looking in that moment and that that's where we all fall. And I think that is so common post-divorce to kind of fall into a relationship like that because we're looking for someone to fix our broken self, you know, because we're not ready to fix it ourselves. And no, I, think I wasn't that... ready to fix myself. I wasn't mm-hmm. ready to really, I wasn't ready to leave by myself. I was scared I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I was scared I wasn't capable of leaving by myself. And here was this awful night trying to <laughs> save me, but that did not work out. Obviously very grateful that it did not. But what if that was the thing? Like, what if he needed to happen so that you knew that you could leave, so that you could get yourself out of that marriage that was not working, that the disconnect between you and your husband that may not have been able to be fixed, which sounds like you guys did the work. Like, what if that awfulness was the thing that helped you to take that next step? Like, does that change the way you think about it? I think, you know, I wish that it would have been. I wish because then I stayed for two more years and I really wish I would have left then and that that would have been enough for me to feel like I could do it by myself. And unfortunately, it took a lot more painful things to get to a point where I could finally just say I I have to be my own hero. I tell my kids that all the time. 
literally every day, be your own hero. When they can't yeah. do something that I know they're capable of doing, I'm like, mm. be your own hero, figure it out. And it's really kind of the attitude that I took. Like, I felt like I finally ended up in a place where there was a, a catalytic event. Is that a word? Yeah, I think um, so. We can make up that, words too. That made it where it was like, no, I have to. I have to leave and I can, and I will, and I'll figure it out. And, and here I am. But those experiences made you stronger for it, put you, you know, forced yourself to piece yourself back together. And, you know, I'm grateful for all of it. Honestly, like that sounds really messed up, but it doesn't at all. I'm grateful for every painful part because I wouldn't know what I'm capable of. I wouldn't know who I am. I wouldn't have started healing woo, childhood stuff, like yeah. a whole, whole bunch of things that I needed to fix for myself. I wouldn't be the person that I am and I like who I am. So yeah, I, you know, I'm very grateful even, even for the rough, really, 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 really rough moment. Yeah. Yeah. But it's temporary. And I think that that's the point. So where are you now? You're, you know, tell like, where's your headspace now? So where I'm at now, I'm good. I'm honestly, I think I'm my favorite me right now. And I bought a house this summer by myself and have been renovating it. Some career stuff is kind of in the, I can't really totally talk about it yet, but like in the works, like things are starting to happen. And it's been rough being a good mom, quote, quote, good mom while renovating a house. Like (laughs) I (laughs) I didn't have a kitchen sink for three months. I just got my kitchen sink back. But in general, like I feel like I'm the best mom that I can be for them. And I think I'm doing a great job. That sounds weird, but I No, it I doesn't. Do. It sounds I'm, awesome. I think I'm doing a great yes. job and I think I'm holding space for them and helping them manage the vast amount of change that they've had to undergo in the past like few years between COVID and divorce and moving yeah. a couple times, all the things. And just as a person, like I've forgiven myself. I have walked away from shame is a messed up thing, man. So shame doesn't punish you the way people think that it does. What shame does is it encourages you to keep being the bad version of you. It's a liar. And it tells you that you have to, like, that that's who you are. And that you have to keep making bad choices, that you'll never be good enough. And it's, it's a lie. And it's really hard to overcome. I still sometimes end up down at the bottom of my shame spiral. So I'm not perfect. But getting over the shame has really changed, entirely changed my life. Like forgiving myself, releasing myself from shame and owning the good and the bad in my life has really, I don't know, it's been amazing. So Alicia, what do you say to the woman? I'm thinking of like the woman in our, in our group who we see the posts who are stuck and it's been, and they're kind of there, they're living there for a long time. And for some people, I mean, it's two, three, four years that, and they'll say something like they haven't pulled the trigger or made that decision. What do you say to those women? So I read those posts all the time in the group and, um, ah, I always stop because I was them. And like, I was scared to write in my journal. I didn't want my, my journal to get read. And I, but I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't find a space to even find out what I wanted. And it felt stuck. And feeling stuck is one of the worst feelings, I think. And it, yeah. it's not even just in a, you know, in a marriage, like in anything, in a job, whatever, when you feel stuck, like yeah. you have no options. It's just a really depressing place to be. And it also leaves you stagnant. You can't live any part of your life when you're stuck, period. Well, that's my opinion anyway. 
But if you feel stuck in your friendships, you feel stuck in your place that you live, you feel stuck in your marriage, you feel stuck in your job, whatever, you're not living your life at all. You are a half-assed version of yourself all the time. And my advice is to somehow find space to really look inside yourself and be honest with yourself because that's where the unstuck starts is be honest with yourself. Everything's going to work out. You're going to be okay. You're going to be fine if you follow your truth. If you don't and you continue to stay in this like version of yourself where you're just kind of like, I'm just keeping the peace and like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, you're not going to be happy ever. And you're never going to change anything. Nothing changes unless something changes. So be honest with yourself, figure it out, figure out what you really want, what you really stand for, what you really need. And then speak it, you're going to have to speak it and you're going to have to take action on whatever that is. Whether it's, you know, if you get really down, like I have a friend, she has been in an unhappy marriage for as long as I've known her, like really, Mm -hmm. really, really, really unhappy and awful. And and she's stuck and I can't get her unstuck. Nobody else is going to unstick you. Not looking at for outside validation. Nothing's going to unstick you but yourself. And I've told her so many times, what do you want? If you really want this marriage to work, I'm here for you 100%. I stand behind you. You guys could turn this around. It's going to take both of you and it's going to take lots of work. Yeah. But you can if you choose to. Right. But she won't choose that. She won't choose that either. It's just this complete. I think we have the same friend. Probably the same person. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's so it's so painful to watch yeah. too. Yeah. Because because the truth is that, you know, even though I'm divorced, I'm not advocating for everybody no. to get divorced. No. I'm not miserable. I don't need company in that way. Yes. Like, you know, I, I believe in happy relationships and marriage and I believe in all those things, but you have to be honest with yourself about what you want. And then you have to make the choices to back it up. Absolutely. Oh my God. So good. Don't tell any of my other guests, but you're my favorite ever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not telling anyone. (laughs) No, but you're awesome. I'm so, so grateful for you. Where can people who are listening to this, and I know that this is going to resonate with some people out there. Where can they find you and communicate with you? Because I know someone's going to send you a message and be like, oh, my God, like, that's my story. Yeah. So, you know, whenever we first started chatting, like it, all this started, just so everybody knows, over a post that you did on Instagram that was kind of polarizing. And <laughs> for me, like, I just have so much compassion for both sides of dealing with divorce, but in particular, like dealing with, you know, an affair. Like, I have so much compassion for both people that are in that situation and if my story or, or my ability to listen in a very gray and understanding way helps somebody else, then I'm all for it. So, and I'm not going to lie though, like a few weeks ago, I was like, do I really want to like give out my Instagram and my email address? Like are the haters going to Don't give out your email address. Just don't get out. Okay. I won't give out my email address. Just Because there's a block button on Instagram. So (laughs) no, don't give out my Instagram. No, no, no. Give out your Instagram. Yeah. Because I I know. No, no, no. I know people are going to want to connect with you. Yeah. So if you want to connect with me, I'm an open book. I am here to listen. I'm here to help. If any of my pain helps somebody else not go through some of the stuff that I have, then it's all for a good reason. So people can find me at sassy underscore freckles on Instagram. I am sassy and I have freckles. (laughs) (laughs) I've thought about changing it to like, like be more professional and I'm like, eh. 
It's who I am. I, I don't think I would know who you were if you changed it. Like I know <laughs> <Yeah>. you as. <laughs> I know you. I as actually Sassy went Frankles. into a store. I went into a jewelry store recently, and I like comment on all their stuff. It's a local little shop here. And uh, she was like, oh, my God, you're sassy freckles. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> hey, wait a second. That could be like your OnlyFans account name, too. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, but I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, girl. I am so grateful for you. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable and for sharing. I know this was so hard to do. And I am just so, so, so grateful that you came on here and shared your story. Well, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for the amazing community that you have created. If you're not part of it and you're going through any part of this whole situation of divorce, please join her group. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. I'll see you over there then. All righty. Sounds good. Bye. That's a wrap. Link up with us at MsReneeBauer.com. Remember to rate and review and share with anyone you think might find this episode helpful. You can change your story and live happy even after. 